0: Hebrews today. Hebrews chapter number five. Thank you for listening to the Daily Rejoicing podcast. Hebrews five. I'll read you a couple verses. We might end up reading a few verses to get the context before these particular verses, but we'll start in Hebrews five, beginning in verse number seven, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. These verses are talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm thinking that this is when he was in the garden of Gethsemane and he was praying to his father, as it were, great drops of Blood were perspiring from his brow. He was in such anguish of spirit. And he offered up prayers and supplication with strong cryings and tears. This is a, a really profound statement on the prayer life of Jesus Christ. We know that Jesus often prayed. He got alone to pray. It was his habit to do so. He prayed Uh, all the time. Sometimes he continued all night in prayer. At this particular time, he got alone before he was taken to be crucified and prayed. Jesus really prayed. And it's always, always such an amazing observation and convicting thing to realize that Jesus knew that he needed to pray. He was disciplined in his prayer and that he made himself pray, even when perhaps he didn't feel like it or he was tired or whatever. You know, fasted 40 days in the wilderness. and But anyways, how can I think that I don't need to pray? Because Jesus was all God. He was 100% God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. God sent his Son, his only begotten Son, meaning of the same kind. He is one with the Father. The three that bear record in heaven, the Father, Son, the Holy Ghost, these three are one, they're one. And so Jesus saying he was one with the Father, he was God, he came down, and yet he was also at the same time all man. He was all God and he was all man. Now that's a mystery. We can't really understand that, although the Bible teaches us a lot about it. We can study it and learn about it and have some knowledge about that but I don't know to truly grasp that. I don't know if that's really possible. Perhaps it is, but I'm not there yet. Maybe you are, (laughs) but I believe it. I believe it. All God and all man. And being all God and all man, he had as God the full uh, grasp, the full power of omniscience. He knew everything as omnipotence. He could do anything. And yet at the same time, we know that he also learned like in Luke chapter 2 it said he he grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man so he he grew he learned that's really something so here in Hebrews chapter number 5 with all that in mind the context is Jesus qualifying as our high priest as our high priest Christ uh is is so able to offer sacrifice, one time offer sacrifice for our sins. He's our priest. He went to the Father on our behalf and he offered sacrifice for sin. And it says here in Hebrews 5 that other priests that there were back in the Old Testament, all before Jesus Christ, every priest to come before him had to offer a sacrifice for both himself and for the sins of the people because other high priests all were sinners. Jesus is the only sinless priest that ever came along because of course he was born sinless and he lived sinless. He was born perfect and he lived perfect. He was not born a sinner and he never committed a sin to become a sinner, unlike us who were both born into sins and committed sins. Jesus Christ, when he offered a sacrifice for our sins, never had to offer a sacrifice first for himself. And Jesus, when he offered sacrifice of himself for sins, uh, he was a a high priest, which could do that once for all, didn't have to continue to go and offer the blood of goats and calves and bulls and all that, and all that, those things that those particular different sacrifices for him and for the people, because his perfect sacrifice once and for all took sins away. So that's the context here. I'll read you a verse that I'm sure you've heard, Hebrews four fifteen, just a few verses up from the ones we read. For we have not an high priest, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So in all points, everything that you're experiencing as a person, as a man, as as a human being, mankind, Christ also endured those same temptations, those same sufferings, those same temptations to do different things, those same weaknesses, but yet without sin. And so Jesus here in the garden, I'll focus here on prayer because in Hebrews 5, 7, he had He offered up prayers and supplication with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death. So he knew, knowing all, that his father, God the Father, was able to save him from death, that is, the death of the cross. There are many places in the Bible where it says that Jesus did not personally want to have to go to the cross. Now, don't misunderstand that. He went willingly. He went to fulfill his Father's will. Of course, him being one with the Father, God loved us. Of course, Jesus loved us as well. It's also clear about that. But at the same time, Jesus, as being all man, did not want to endure the death of the cross. How could he? If he had been eager to do so, then we would doubt him being all man. You see, And so he didn't want to do that. So cryings and tears unto him that was able to save him from from death and was heard in that he feared. He feared the death of the cross. Isn't that amazing? But the next verse, Hebrews 5, 8, though he were a son, that's capital S, he's the son of God, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. That is just really amazing. Learned there, meaning he experienced that obedience by the things which he suffered. It, it's it's really amazing. Jesus is our example, uh, in in all points. He's he's our example, including this here, in that he was praying for something that God did not grant, because Christ's ultimate ask was that he do not his own will but the Father's will. It's really amazing. There's there's so many things we could talk about here, and he experienced that obedience. By the things which he suffered, that is in denying what his uh, flesh, and he didn't have the flesh the same way we have it, but he still had the the hunger, he thirsted, he got tired, and he feared that pain and death. It says right here in Hebrews 5, 7, he feared the cross, yet he endured it to fulfill his father's will. That's really amazing. But believe it or not, that's not what I want to focus in on here and leave you with as an application. Really, it's 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 unbelievable that we have the Lord Jesus Christ as our high priest. It's unbelievable that Jesus Christ is our advocate with the Father in the subject of prayer. I, I read just a second on Hebrews 4.16, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. It's it's so interesting there that Jesus learned obedience by the things which he suffered. You know that prayer is important. You know that you ought to go to the Lord. You know this. You know this. If you're a Christian, you understand that it is commanded that you pray. It's so powerful when you pray. You touch the hand of God, the arm of God, and you gain the heart of God when you pray in the will of God with the word of God open. I mean, and yet, how often do we neglect praying? I have so many books on prayer, and there's so many great lectures and sermons on prayer and studies on prayer, and I've preached lots of sermons on prayer. Sunday school, this past Sunday, I preached on prayer, and yet, listen to this now, this is is the point of today's lesson. The best way for you to learn how to pray is simply by praying. There are some things... That you just can never really grasp, never really understand, no matter how well read you are on the subject, until you go ahead and you do it. And prayer is one of those things. You should study prayer. You should study what the Bible says about prayer. We just did that a little bit here. But really, if you know everything that the Bible says about prayer and you read E.M. Bounds on prayer and A.W. Tozer on prayer and the life of Hudson Taylor, the great spiritual giant. And you read all these things on prayer. I just read a book by Benny Beckham on prayer and and uh, Scott Pauley wrote a book on prayer and thinking of books I've read recently on prayer and you know all of it, but you never pray. There's no point. There's no point. You don't know how to pray. You have the head knowledge, but you don't have that practical experience knowledge. You've never prayed. You don't know how to pray. Somebody could want to know how to preach. And they'll read books and books and books on preaching and they'll learn the technical things and how to preach, how different people say is a good way to preach. And they could say, yeah, I know how to preach, but they never preach. They don't know how to preach. You only get better at something and you only really know how to do something like spiritual discipline like this, like preaching, praying, witnessing by go ahead and going ahead and doing it. I challenge you today. This is the point of the podcast. I challenge you today. You know how to pray or you know to pray. You've got to pray. You need to pray. When was the last time you spent more than just a moment or two in prayer? You must pray. Jesus, with prayers and supplications, with strong crying and tears, prayed to his Father. Again, if Jesus needed to pray, how much more do we need to pray? If you want to get better at prayer, pray today.